Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Gosh, it's it's really exciting times for, for me, for the Steel Curtain Network, for Fans First Sports Network. Hope you're along for the ride, and I'll be giving you plenty of updates with that as we progress on through the summer months, getting ready for football season. You know, we always start this show off with Steelers news, and Believe it or not, as of this being recorded, there is none, and that's a good thing. And that includes the fact that Joey Porter Jr. has remained unsigned. I guess I kind of forgot about this. I got a text from my dad uh, just the other day, and he said, hey, has Joey Porter Jr. signed his contract yet? And I was like, wow, actually, no, he hasn't. I mean, on the website, we've had the pre-write done and ready. (laughs) It's just a matter of getting it done. I'm not sure what the holdup is. might be guaranteed money. You know, we think that Keanu Benton got that guaranteed third year uh, that there may be something like Joey Porter Jr. says, okay, here's a guy that was drafted after me. He got guaranteed money. I want guaranteed money. We'll see. We'll see what it ends up being. We'll see how this, they structure things, but I'm sure there will be no problems getting that done before camp, but the clock is ticking. Uh, we are we are down to, uh, I guess you could say, instead of weeks, just days. I would say days. It's the tw- 7th, so we're less than 20 days away. That's pretty exciting stuff. So listen, today's show. Second half, we're going to have Jeremy Drone Betts on for the All Bets Are Off segment, like we always do every Friday. At the very end, we're going to have a heart-to-heart. Why? Because that's how we finish our shows on Friday. But what about this first half? So this is the question I got two weeks ago in the mailbag segment from my boy Heath Davis, who's a regular in the mailbag. He's a ride-or-die crew member through and through. Which, by the way, we're getting those shirts done. 
I'm going to have those shirts before. I'm hoping those are up live on the store before. That's right, before training camp. That way, if you're going, order your shirt. You can wear your Ride or Die Crew shirt. And I'm going to do, uh, I, I might do some fun stuff with people that take pictures of them wearing their shirt in different places. So be on the lookout for that. But Heath, he said, hey, I want you to update, update the DEFCON levels heading into this season, into training camp. Well, that's fine. I had to go back. I keep a notebook where I write all my show notes. I had to go back a good long ways, all the way back till post-Cleveland Browns game when the regular season ended, the Steelers season ended. I had to find where the Steelers finished the year in terms of DEFCON. And I actually did a yearly recap of the DEFCON levels. But in case you're a new listener, I know that we have some listeners out there that are new, that don't follow all the time, and they just started listening, and maybe this offseason – that's when you started to finally like, okay, I'm going to get tuned into the Steelers and this ride or die crew, the let's ride podcast. So the DEFCON levels, DEFCON levels is actually a, a real thing. It's not just something you hear on movies or anything like that. It's level one through five. Most people assume that the fifth level DEFCON level five is the most severe. It's not, it's flipped. And again, these are real United States military defense levels. Uh, okay, so DEFCON 5, that means it is the lowest state of awareness, readiness. It is everything is good. Business as usual. And so in terms of the football stuff we're going to talk about today, if you're at a 5, I myself, because I'm giving these levels, I'm really happy. I can't see the need for any improvement. I'm happy with where they are. Let's go. We're good to go. DEFCON level 4, means that you're starting to do some simple measures in terms of readiness, and there could be room for improvement as it pertains to the football team. Three, DEFCON level three, now it's an increased level of readiness. Now all of a sudden, if you're a three, you're thinking, we got to make some changes. Something's not right. We're going in the wrong direction. Two, you are near war. Okay, DEFCON level two means you are nearing war. That is not good. That's not good in football. That's not good in life. That's not good. And then DEFCON level one means that war is imminent. That means that we are seriously getting ready. We are battening down the hatches. Holy cow, things are going crazy. So you don't want that either. So one is horrible. Five is awesome. Just to kind of give you a a ballpark figure here of what that looks like, because a lot of people might not... Uh, they, they might not have remembered or whatnot. So still, make sure you're on the lookout and be on, be cognizant of that change because a lot of people think, oh, five is horrible, one is great. No, it's flipped. Five is great, one is awful. So what we're going to do is we're going to do position by position, and we're going to talk about where the Steelers finished on my DEFCON levels at the end of 2022 and where they are now after the offseason, after free agency, after the draft, all that good stuff. Let's start with the quarterback. So quarterback... Kenny Pickett finished the year strong. He was a four. I still have it as a four. And the reason why is that Kenny Pickett is still an unproven product. I like Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett is going to be a great quarterback. And I yes, I do think he is a franchise quarterback. However, I'm also not going to say that Kenny Pickett is a finished product. There's still a lot of room for improvement. He does need to improve on red zone efficiency. That's not just him. That's also an offensive thing, but he has to do his part. So I have that staying at a four. So that's right, quarterback, DEFCON level four at the end of 2022. Still a four heading into 2023. Let's go to the pass catchers, wide receivers, and tight ends. They finished the year on a five. I kept them at a five. 
Now, they finished the year on a five because George Pickens was playing great. They were getting great contributions from people like Steven Sims. Connor Hayward was coming up big at the end of the season, especially against Cleveland, had a big catch. It was natural to see where things were going. Deontay Johnson started to at least show up. I see that when you add in Allen Robinson, you give Calvin Austin a legitimate chance, hopefully, to show what he can do. You bring back Pickens. You have Deontay Johnson. You've got Pat Fryermuth. You add Darnell Washington. I feel like that group is still really, really good. So that's why they stayed at a five. I'm not worried about the pass catchers. I'm honest to goodness not. You could go down to Hakeem Butler and Cody White, who I talked about on Monday's show as a player who's been playing well. I'm fine with the wide receivers and the tight ends. The running backs. A lot of people had issue with the running backs last season. A lot of people thought, well, you know, Najee Harris's vision. Is he healthy? Is he hurt? Whatever. Jalen Warren is a rookie. They finished on a five because they started to run the ball extremely well. I keep them at a five because I really, really like exactly where they're going. And no, I know they don't have running back three. But to me, a part of the running back DEFCON is based on what the people in front of them can do or cannot do. So the offensive line, we'll get to the offensive line next, but the fact that they made some improvements there only keeps me at a five with this running back group. Right now it's a tandem. Let's say Anthony McFarland is is the third running back. I don't know. Still, I like where they're headed. I got it at five. Offensive line finished the year at five. We all know the story about how they only missed, I think, a handful of snaps. Mason Cole missed with a foot injury. Uh, I think it was Chuksakor for left with a shoulder for a few plays. Other than that, they all played the entire season. But the Steelers didn't rest on their laurels. They wait. They didn't say like, "Well, we're just going to hope that Kevin Dotson turns it around." No, they went out and said, "We're going to make." Some improvements. Improvements in depth by bringing in someone like Nate Herbig. Improvements in the starting group by signing Isaac Sayamalo. Drafting Broderick Jones in the first round. They are saying we are going to make this either competitive or an improvement right away. I love it. It was a five at the end of the season. It's a five going into 2023. So believe it or not, on the offensive side of the ball, the quarterback is the only position that didn't have a five. I like where the Steelers are headed on offense, and the only thing keeping the quarterback from being a five is I just need to see Kenny Pickett do it. Get out there and prove it again. Show us it wasn't a flash in the pan. Let's go to the defensive side. Defensive backs. Again, a lot of turnover here. No Cam Sutton. No Arthur Millette. No Akello Witherspoon. So you throw in defensive backs, you also have to say, well, there's no Terrell Edmonds anymore. We're throwing in safeties here as well. Don't forget that. So they finish the year as a four. I have it as a four still. I like the addition of Patrick Peterson. I like the draft picks of Corey Trice Jr. and Joey Porter Jr. I like Levi Wallace. Chandon Sullivan, I'm not sold on. We'll have to see. Keanu Neal, DeMonte KZ. The one of the reasons why it didn't go from a four to a five is not just because I'm not sold on the safety depth, but it's also the fact that the, uh, these guys got to get used to one another, the cohesion, gelling as a group. It, they just have to make it work. I had they, I got to see them do it. That's going to be the big thing. So I have that staying at a four. Inside linebacker, you want to talk about overhauling a position. Look at the inside linebacker position. Last year, Miles Jack, Devin Bush, Robert Spillane, gone, gone, and gone. In, I guess you could say Tanner Muse, but Cole Holcomb, Landon Roberts, Mark Robinson is the only returning player of that group. So they were four last year at the end of the season. This year, 
you lose the proven depth and you don't really add to that. I know they signed that. I think it's Kowalski or something. I don't know. Um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not thinking that guy's the answer either. I have it going to a three. I have the inside linebacker going to a three. I need to see Cole Holcomb on the field playing healthy, no setbacks from his injuries in the past. That's what I need to see. Right now, I'm concerned. I'm, I am concerned. You talk about DEFCON level three, it's increased level of readiness. That, that, that is it for me. I'm not sold on it. Let's go to outside linebacker. Last year, they finished at a four. You know, I talked about how this was at the end of last season. I, I was disappointed that it felt like the pass rush was a one-man crew. It was just T.J. Watt, you know? I mean, Alex Highsmith, 14 and a half sacks. A lot of this came when T.J. Watt was in the lineup, not so much when he was out. That's, that happens. I get it. Malik Reed did nothing, and they had no other semblance of a pass rush at all from anyone. So this year, you know, T.J. Watt's healthy. He's back. Alex Highsmith, he's obviously back and looking for an extension. And then you have, they finally get, though they draft Herbig. Not sure he's ready as a rookie to contribute, but they get Malik Golden, and I think that's a really good addition. Is it Melvin Gordon-like? Or not Melvin Gordon, Melvin Ingram the third. my apologies, no, I don't think it is. I don't think he's that level of player, but this guy's good. And I think he's good enough to be an upgrade from Malik Reed. He's not at the Highsmith wide level, but he can contribute and can get to the quarterback. I like that signing. So for outside linebacker, I actually have it going from a four to a five. Not concerned about the pass rushers. Not at all. I think if they can stay healthy, big if, but if they do, I love it. Lastly, the defensive line, Cam Hayward's getting older. You know, at the end of last season, it was Larry Ogunjobi's always banged up. Who's going to play nose tackle? Well, this offseason, the Steelers made some moves. They bring in Braden Fihoko as a free agent. Uh, they let Chris Wormley go because he had an unfortunate injury at the end of last season. But they bring back Larry Ogunjobi as well. And now, all of a sudden, you have Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi, Fihoko, and they go out and they draft Keanu Benton in the second round. I like this guy from Wisconsin. I think he's going to be a contributor early. DeMarvin Leal's in his second year. He's very versatile, very athletic. Where does Isaiah Loudermilk fill in up, fit in all this? What about Armin Watts? You know what? I, I'll be honest. The defensive line, I was concerned about the depth last year. This year, not so much. I have it going from a four last year at the end of 2022 to a five this year. So that's right, going from a four to a five. That's trending in the right direction. I like that defensive front. Plug up the middle. Lastly, special teams, they were a four at the end of last year. They're bringing everyone back. I don't foresee anyone losing their job. Therefore, it stays at a four. I want to see Chris Boswell be more consistent. And ultimately, I want to see Presley Harvin be more consistent as well. So there you have it. The DEFCON levels have been updated. Not too many changes. You had the inside linebackers go the wrong way from four to three. You had some good positive changes on the defensive side on the outside linebackers and defensive line going from fours to fives. All in all, if this dictates how I feel about the team, I like the way they're trending. I like the way the team is trending. I think there's a lot of hope and a lot of promise. And yes, that dreaded P word, potential. Yeah, I hate that word. Okay, there's your DEFCON levels, Heath. I hope you're happy. Uh, coming up right after this break, we have the All Bets Are Off segment. Stay till the very end for a very special heart talk. We'll be right back. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back. It's the second half of the Friday episode of Let's Ride, which means it's time for the All Bets Are Off segment. You know what that means. It's Jeremy Jerome Betts, and we are talking about, I want to give him an opinion on these DEFCON levels, which is what I did in the first half. I updated my DEFCON numbers. Jeremy, in case you forget from the regular season, and I understand if people do, DEFCON 5 is great. DEFCON 1 is awful. Now, I'm not going to go position by position like I did in the first half of the show, I want to ask you where your fives would be, meaning that you're like, I I love this group. I don't think they need to improve much on this group. I think this is a solid, solid group. And then also where your lower numbers would be, like on the offense and defense. Let's do this offense first. Where in the offensive side of the ball would you have those fives in terms of positions that you are? I really like this group. There's not much I would change. Yeah, my I guess my fives would be wide receiver. And running back, I'm going to go ahead and put running back there because I just really like that group. I think uh, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are going to be really good. And I don't have any need to change them out. I don't have any need to add something else to the mix there um, as far as starting level play. So give me those two guys and let me run with it. And then this wide receiver group, if if they hit, then I am I feel like the, the team's in really good shape. They've got guys who can do a little bit of everything. And, yeah, we've got to see George Pickens take that that leap. We've got to see Allen Robinson kind of come off the, the schneid a little bit and, and get back to to being a, t- a top-tier wide receiver. And he doesn't have that pressure to be that here in Pittsburgh. He just needs to be a good third rotational guy. And I think that they've got the pieces in place to be really good on offense. So I'll go with those two groups as my fives uh, for the offensive side. Okay. So think about your lower numbers. We're talking three and below. So fours. Yeah. You're going to have some fours in the middle there mm-hmm. that, you know, could maybe have an improvement, but you understand what I'm saying where, what positions, if any, on the offensive side of the ball would be like a three or worse. That's uh, maybe I'm being too optimistic, but I don't know if there is one, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, I'm, okay. I'm giving four to quarterback. I think we're in a good, in a good shape there. Yeah, I think we're okay. in good shape there. Um, if if you're talking maybe one position group that y- you just don't know yet, it's the offensive line, how this group's going to come together. But I think the pieces that they've added, the players that 
are in place now along the offensive line, they have a, a chance to be really good. So I'm, I'm going to say there's not really any position group on the offensive side of the ball that I'm, that I'm very low on uh, that I think needs major improvement. Tight. Hey, that's, I sh- that's fine. should say this, Jeff, too. tight end position. I, I'd give that a five as well. I think that's really good. I agreed with you. There was no position group on the offensive side of the ball that got less than a four for me. Uh, and maybe this is just, you know, me talking about the the overall promise of the group, the youth that's there, uh, the dreaded P word potential that I say too much in the offseason. But let's go to the defensive side now. On the defensive side of the ball, what position, same exercise, what would be your fives on the defensive side? I'm going defensive line. And that's about it <laughs> for okay. fives. I think that uh, that group looks really good. Um, and in that group, I, I think I'll include edge rusher too, the front seven, if you will. Um, you know, just TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, um, Alex Highsmith, O'Larry Ogunjobi. I don't know how you broke your positions down, but those four guys to me um, as your, your four main get up the field guys to attack ball carriers and, and rush the passer that, that looks really good to me. And uh, so I'm going to give that a a five. I did break uh, down the defensive line and the outside linebackers separately. I have the inside linebackers and then I lumped all defensive backs into one group. So it's not cornerbacks and safeties. Mm -hmm. It's the defensive backs. So for me, I gave the D line a five as well. Outside linebackers are five. Well, there's any, was there any position group that was a concern that maybe would be three or worse? Yeah. It's that inside linebacker group. Like we, you know, we, we talk about a lot. They've been the real talking point as far as <clears throat> weak links for this team all off season. And I, I probably give them a two because I am concerned that they're not going to be able to hold up in coverage situations. So we'll see how Mike Tomlin and company, um, scheme this thing up to overshadow those issues and to cover them up. But for now, that group looks to be very, very one-sided in what they can do, which is stop the run. I think they're going to be good at that at the very least. And you hope then that Mike Tomlin and his, his coaching staff can work the rest of the, the strengths of the roster around. Maybe that safety group plays a big role in coverage and the linebackers are a little not maybe not as many linebackers on the field in sub package football this year. I agree. I agree. We actually have almost the same exact DEFCON levels. And I, I have a feeling that probably most of the Steelers fan base that looks at it from the same lens that we do is probably very similar in that regard. Um, let's go to what I talked about on Wednesday. If you listen to my podcast on Wednesday, not the mailbag, but the, the first segment when I had Roy Countryman on, you know, I talked about our source which was corroborated with a couple other sources around the NFL that the Steelers, they do more homework on these XFL, USFL spring leagues than anyone else in the National Football League. I just want to get your take on that practice in and of itself. When you think about the Steelers really diving into these, some might call them a substandard league. Do you think that's good practice? Do you think that's bad practice? What are your thoughts in general about the Steelers and the way they approach those types of uh, football players? It's good practice. I mean, you you keep an eye on as many players as you can. You you have a pro scouting department. I'm sure this kind of falls under that category because it's pro football. It's just on a lower level than the NFL. So 
<clears throat> these guys have to be on your radar. And uh, I, I don't know about you, but going through combing through some of the USFL rosters, you see a lot of former Steelers practice squad players. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of, of guys who maybe were back into the roster and didn't quite stick the next year, something along those lines. And some of them played well this last year. Um, I think of Deion Kane, who you mentioned, and you know how he just went off in that championship game. And that's the kind of player uh, with a skill set that the Steelers have brought in before that they probably keep an eye on as well. I just think that if you're if you're ever slacking off in any area of evaluating and um, keeping keeping an eye and, and a pulse on the talent in football, no, doesn't matter the level, then you're falling short in, in my opinion, because you never know where these guys come from. I mean, look at Kurt, Kurt Warner, uh, a hall of fame quarterback at the NFL level. They found him in the arena league. <laughs> I mean, yeah. let's, you know, let's not say that a guy's done because he didn't get an opportunity in the NFL his first try. Um, let that development run its course a little bit and then bring him back up and see what could happen. I mean, yeah, is it, it's a long shot, but if you end up with a superstar, nobody's going to sit there and say you wasted your time focusing on all these guys in these leagues that never panned out if you end up with the next Kurt Warner. Let's uh, Tommy Maddox is a great example as yeah, well. True, I mean, drafted by the Denver Broncos when John Elway was there, doesn't make it, XFL MVP, Steelers pick him up. No, he wasn't supposed to be the starter, but he ended up winning that job and winning a lot of games for the Steelers before Ben Roethlisberger came on board. So, yeah, they, I, I don't think it's bad. Let me ask you this next question as a follow-up. Do you have any concerns about these players? Uh, it could be any concerns. Uh, I brought up with Roy the concern of the fact that they just went through an entire season. No, it's not yeah. 17 games, but my gosh, that's got to do a total. It's got to wear on the body, the physical nature of this game. Do you have any concerns that aren't that in terms of these players that could be coming from the USFL? I mean, you, you do wonder about the, the load, the workload that they're taking on with something like that. But, you know, I just think that the opportunity to get out and play the game, that's where development happens. And if you're not on the field playing and, and getting better and, and showing what you can do against players either at or above your skill level, then you're, you're not – you're not able to grow. You're not able to show what you've got and develop. So every opportunity these guys get, I don't think the rules are gimmicky enough at the USFL specifically um, to say, Oh man, they're getting, they're learning bad habits or anything like that at these levels to necessarily throw it off what they could do at the NFL level. Um, you know, you got to watch some of those different types of things, but I think the more experiences you get, the different, uh, exposures you get as a player to coaches to uh, even other players uh, different like different difficulties that arise at each different level then you're going to be more prepared for your next step so I don't have huge concerns other than yeah if you sign Deion Kane right now he just played a 12 game season or whatever it is and or a 10 game season and that might have some wear and tear uh, involved in it and you never know how that'll play down the road so obviously NFL teams will have to learn how to, to manage that to uh, prioritize health and wellness for these players that are that are playing um, m- multiple times a year if you will as far as different leagues so that's something to keep in mind absolutely 
Yeah, the more I think about this, and, and as you were talking, you know, my mind is is constantly thinking about things, and I kept on coming back to this question. And this comes up, is it, isn't it Ruben Foster? He's the one that everyone's talking about, the inside linebacker formerly of the 49ers. That's his name, correct? Yeah, Ruben Foster. Okay. Yep. The one thing I keep on thinking about is the question that is, why are they in the USFL? Or why are they in the XFL? The answer isn't always off-field issues. Sometimes it is. Maybe it's that they came from a really small school that didn't get a lot of acknowledgement, and this was just their one chance, so they're using this as kind of like a minor league springboard to maybe get them back to the pros. Maybe it is the fact that they had injuries. You talk about uh, Mark Gilbert from uh, the corner, I think it was his name, uh, the cornerback related to Darrell Rivas, and he's always been plagued with injuries. And so, hey, he went out there, he balled out, led the league in interceptions, USFL, and now he may be getting another look. Um but that's always the question that comes to my mind. Why was this player in the USFL? And I got to be honest, Jeremy, I'll get your take on it. Sometimes that gives me pause, especially if it's a, this guy couldn't keep his nose clean. He hmm. was, he, he was getting in trouble off the field. Yeah. You played well and that's great. But at the same time, do I want to bring that into my organization? What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, you, you always have to be concerned with character issues or, you know, maybe it was an injury that, that really just bumped them down and they've got that chronic history of, of an injury. Maybe it's a significant one. And so you've got to weigh those things as well. The one thing I guess that as an NFL coach would, would excite me about these leagues in correspondence with what you're talking about here is that, you know, I, I'm not going to get the exposure I want to, to a Chris Oladokun, right. When he's the fourth guy uh, playing quarterback for me. So maybe that guy drops down through no fault of his own other than he just wasn't good enough to crack the 53 man somewhere. And, and he gets a chance to show what he can do against other um, NFL prepping talent. And then uh, you, you know, you get that tape out there and you start to see strengths and weaknesses. And, and those are good things. I think in the case of like a Ruben Foster, where there were off field issues and you, you see him go back down to the USFL. Um, did he keep his nose clean there? You know, was he able to to play a season and stay out of trouble and and be a locker room leader and kind of take on those responsibilities and and humble himself a little bit to say, yeah, I was in the NFL, didn't work out because I caused a lot of trouble. So yeah. what I'm going to do is I'm going to step back. I'm going to say you know what, I know I can play at that level, but I know that I did not, I don't deserve an opportunity unless I can show that I've changed uh, in character development as a person. And so you get a guy like him who comes out and plays really well. I, I mean, he really did for, for the Maulers and he's got a chance now to have caught some eyes and, you know, there's going to be those tough interviews. I'm sure if he gets a shot, uh, they're going to say, Hey, you know, this was your issue before what have you done to fix that? I mean, we saw what you did in the USFL, uh, prove it to us now, uh, at the next level and he'll have a shot. Maybe we'll see. Yeah. And I think for someone like Ruben Foster, when you're looking at, okay, where could I potentially go? He'll be getting calls from multiple teams where, where's, where's maybe my next team. You got to think Pittsburgh would be high on the list considering their inside linebacker depth. People love Mike Tomlin. We shall see if anything pans out, but the Steelers are definitely doing their homework. So, Jeremy, we only, we only have a – yeah, gosh, this will uh, air on the 7th, July 7th. We're less yeah. than 20 days away from training camp. Do you have any vacations or anything planned between now and then or nothing? N- not really. Just going to be a homebody. <laughs> oh, man. 
and uh, chill at home. But yeah, I think, um, you know, training camp coming up, I'd love to get out there this year. I've never been to a training camp practice before, so that would be mm-hmm. uh, Are you going to make goal, the trek to Pittsburgh? I, I would love to. It's it's an eight-hour drive, I think, but, um, you know. Head I'm sorry, up for... Latrobe, not Pittsburgh, Latrobe. Sorry, yeah, you're right. Latrobe, <laughs> as they say. Yeah. <laughs> I'd try, man, though I would. I, I, I don't mind driving, and I'd, I'd love to do that. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where get an opportunity to see the, the players practice, to see them up close and personal like that, it'd be awesome. Well, if you do, and you have that date circled on your calendar, you got to let me know. I know Dave Schofield's been hounding me already, saying, like, we should go, we should go. It would be really cool to do, like, a, a yeah. little Steel Curtain Network meetup oh, uh, there. That would be a lot of fun. So if you are going to do that, please let me know. I do mean that with 100% seriousness. So uh, let me know. But and otherwise, uh, other words, how how can people find you on social media and what do you have going on on the Steelers Fix this week? Yeah, find me on Twitter at the bets 93 um, Just posting a lot of football content. I like to keep mm-hmm. it football on the on the twitterverse there (laughs) so um that's what i'm about and then um i'm working on this series on behind the steel curtain.com right now doing um ranking the afc north teams by position uh so we just did quarterbacks running backs and then wide receivers should be out soon and we're keeping on moving through that and uh i will say this the steelers roster looks pretty good just on a point system uh, compared to other the other teams in the division. We'll see how that plays out on the field, obviously. And I will wrap it up all at the end with uh, just kind of an overview and uh, kind of rank the teams according to their position uh, totals uh, at the end. And so that'll be a lot of fun. Steelers fix. We, we just talked about teams in the AFC uh, that are on the rise and teams that are maybe falling down to give the Steelers an opportunity to step up. It's going to be a tough bout in the AFC. Even some of the teams kind of down low on the totem pole, Indianapolis, Houston, those teams have reasons to be excited about this year and the Steelers have to play them and they have to get through those types of games. So uh, we just talked about that. We'll keep going through kind of the roster building situation in Pittsburgh as we head into training camp. There you go. Perfect. Jeremy, as always, thanks for your time and we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. See you, man. All right. Thank you, Jeremy, as always, for hanging around, sticking in there, even through the dog days of summer. Always willing to talk about Pittsburgh Steelers football. I love it. I appreciate him very much. Let's finish this up like we always do with a heart-to-heart. I thought about this. I wrote an article, a letter from the editor last Sunday, and I, I said this was my first favorite player, my first favorite player. Not my favorite player of all time, but my very first favorite player was Barry Foster. And I wrote about Barry Foster and such a short career, such a such a strange figure in Steelers history. He and Bill Cowher don't get along. Bill Cowher spoke about that in his book. He gets traded to Carolina, never plays a game, comes out of retirement, goes to Cincinnati, then he never plays a game for them either. Just strange, just really odd. I actually tried to find him on the internet to try and see if somehow, somewhere I could get him on my show. I'd love to hear more about what happened after his time in Pittsburgh. But nonetheless, it made me think about those, those eras that I grew up watching. You know, really in 93, 94 was when I started to get really invested. Just happens to be that was when the team started to get pretty good. 94, they go to the AFC Championship game. 95, they're in the Super Bowl. They lose to the Cowboys in Super Bowl 30. And they remain competitive throughout the 90s, going to AFC Championship games in early 2000, 2001. I don't want to bring that up, but we know that New England AFC Championship game and then obviously goes on into the Super Bowls of 05 and, and 08. 
those were my childhood memories, like my young adult years. It made me wonder, what are my kids? Because they're starting to get invested in the Steelers like I was at about the same age. What are their memories going to be like? What are they going to remember? Of course, they're going to remember probably the tail end of Ben Roethlisberger's career. They're going to, I guarantee you, they'll remember Kenny Pickett. They love Kenny Pickett. They love Pat Fryermuth and Najee. Like they, they tend to trend towards the offensive players, but they love TJ Watt when he does his sack dance. My gosh, the one thing I keep on thinking is I hope they get to see a Super Bowl. I hope to see the, I hope they get to see the Steelers win a Super Bowl. I got to see two of them. I got to see them play. I've seen them play in four in my life. I, I, it's just amazing. I, I don't like to talk about Super Bowl 30 or Super Bowl 45, but it's still, man, that event was so special. And for my childhood, that's a big part of my childhood and my memories. I hope they have those same memories. And I hope for everyone out there listening that might not have been old enough, or maybe you're just becoming a fan and you don't really remember those previous Super Bowls. I hope you get to experience it too. And I hope I get to experience one more before I'm done with everything. So there you have it, a little heart to heart there. So you're going to hear me up again, just so you know. Man, I am working overtime this week. You know, you think about on 4th of July, I did a special Let's Ride podcast. Hopefully you check that out live. Uh, coming up today at noon, I've got the Here We Go Steelers show filling in for Brian Davis with uh, KT Smith. Never going to pass up a chance to talk with him because coach is awesome. So check that out at noon. You can check me out last night with Big G and Kevin Tate on the preview. And then I'm going to take a freaking break, okay? I'm going to take a freaking break, and I'll be back on Monday with a heart to heart, not with a heart to heart, with a Monday morning conversation probably. So stay tuned for that. All right, that does it for me. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. You know, we finished out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers.